0: Welcome to my favorite podcast with Noah Marger.
1: for surgery, but now I'm back again. I'm about my paper like a motherfucking scratch and win. World Series attitude, champagne, bottle life. Nothing ever changes, so tonight is like tomorrow night. I will have a model wife. Yo, bitch is as hot as ice. Every time you see me, man, it's like I hit the lotto twice. Um, that was Miss Me by Drake. That was a little section of Drake um, for, for your bitch ass. <laughs> I've just been thinking about that line a lot. So, wanted to get in get in early and often <laughs> with the Drake references uh, on this episode. Uh, I've been texting past guest, uh, Sean Ulaushin. We just are going back and forth with the Drake lyrics. So, if you have a Drake lyric that you want me to read on the show, go ahead and DM me <laughs> on Twitter or Instagram, at pod on Twitter, at myfavorite underscore podcast uh, on Instagram. If you got a Drake lyric that you want me to read, I'd be happy to do it. Welcome back to my favorite podcast. This is the podcast about people's favorite things. I am, of course, the only, the one and only host of the dang show. It's me, Noah Marger. Whether you like me or not, I'm back, and we're kicking. We're fucking doing it, baby. Uh, this guest, this is, a, this is a big guest because now I have interviewed all five of the members of Everything Now with this guest. This, is, this has been in, been in the works for a long, long time. So I'm really happy to have him on the show. And I'm just going to introduce him, get this fucking bullshit going. My guest today is the co-creator of the interactive live stream comedy show, Everything Now. And if you're a fan of BuzzFeed, you've probably seen his lovely mug in many videos, including, but not limited to, Why We Say Cheers mind-blowing water tricks, which is the first one I ever saw him in, one that made me realize he actually works for BuzzFeed, which was crazy for me. And my new personal favorite, we've made a mistake, bull sperm. Uh, the bull sperm one's going to be linked in the description. I think that's just kind of a kind of a must-see for anyone, whether you know this man or not. And if you don't know him, you're going to know him super well by the end of this. Very happy to have on the show today. Please welcome Alex Alsup to the show. Hey Alex.
0: Hey Noah. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> you done you good i, you wanna, you to squash. I feel like you're mark Marin and i'm like some opposing <laughs> comedian like bill burr or some shit
1: you're louis ck <laughs> that's C. who K. you yeah, are yeah we got some yeah
0: we got to squash some beef real quick before all we right can... let's fucking
1: let's fucking squash the beef then okay hey i'm pissed at you for the way that you fucked me up backstage at everything now right before the pandemic and we never squashed it
0: Hey, man, I really just, like, fuck up everyone that appears on the show backstage, <laughs> just really get them on edge and get them in that, like, you know, fight or flight sure. mindset. It usually leads to the best performances, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I gave the best performance of my fucking life after you did that, so. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and
0: I I and I'm mad at you. Okay, yeah. Because you said this interview's been in the works, <laughs> and it's really been just me waiting for the invitation all the while <laughs> i'm pretty sure you've done multiple interviews with other cast members
1: <laughs> okay so that's partly true and partly not true I'm gonna, squ- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna squash the part that's untrue right now i've never done a second interview with any of the cast members of everything now i've done one interview with all of them on this show
0: specifically hell yeah i feel way better yeah now.
1: Yeah, you do. Hey, you know what? I feel better now that we squashed that beef, that's good. so that's pretty cool.
0: Now, yeah, now we're ready to really talk it out. <laughs>
1: now, now we're ready to get down to brass tacks now that we've squashed the beef. Um, Alex, you told me something interesting that literally th- the second that you got on the Zoom call, which was shocking to me, uh, yeah. you have shingles. I is do. that correct?
0: That is correct. Um, if this was a video podcast, I'd just show rash, but yep. Um yeah. I got a rash Saturday. Of course, I didn't think about shingles. It's like a really old man disease. Um, yep. So I was like, I'll just wait it out, see, see what happens. And then I got like some pain around it. And I was like, all right, I'll go to the doctor. And he's like, this is fucked up. Like people your age do not get this, but you right. got it. Uh, and yeah, so I was just like, after going to the doctor, I get cool headaches every hour. Um, yeah. How cool are they? They're so cool. Also another um, symptom is sensitivity to light, so I have to close all my blinds and not look at anything, but <laughs> that sucks'm I'm, I'm that living sucks. large. I'm ready I'm ready. I'm pumped. You're balling yeah. yeah, I'm well, I appreciate
1: out. you. I appreciate you being a trooper. I appreciate you uh, doing this dang thing uh, regardless of the fact that you are currently. Ailing, you are currently in excruciating 10 out of 10 pain. So thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah, (laughs) I basically feel
0: like I'm on fire.
1: Well, you are on fire, brother. Oh, Oh. you are on fucking fire. Oh, yeah, brother. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) Hell yeah, (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell fucking yeah, dude. Hell yeah. It's fucking sick, dude. Fuck 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 yes, dude. dude. Fuck
0: yeah. Everyone should get it.
1: Yeah, everyone should get shingles. Yeah. Do you have to have had chickenpox to have gotten shingles or can you get shingles without having gotten chickenpox? Do you know? Now that you've you had it. You can get
0: shingles if if you had chickenpox and you got this certain vaccine, then you don't get shingles. But my mom was feeling anti-vax at the time <laughs> cuz she was okay. like this is a very this is a very new thing like around the time when i got it as a kid she's like this is a new shot and we were like eh. so now i'm now i'm 27 and have shingles
1: well you say we were like eh, but it sounds more like she was like eh. oh yeah
0: i guess i was referring to <laughs> we as in my dad and my mom because <laughs> i definitely gotcha. didn't have a, i didn't know what the fuck was going on i'm like i'm all itchy
1: i never had chicken pox but i did have the vaccine that's supposed to not that's supposed to prevent chicken pox. So I will say I'm a I'm a bit jealous that you got to have that experience and I didn't because I do think it's sort of like a thing where it's like that's like a thing you get when you're a kid. I feel like most kids get it or
0: have gotten it at some point. You know? Yeah, but I don't think any kid wanted that to happen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's actually true. Now that you say that, so.
0: But I can see what you're talking about. About like it's like an experience, a, a shared experience that even if it's bad, you can you can always like talk to other people like yeah I had chicken pox too when I was you know exactly but I feel like I've never talked to anybody else about that shared experience so (laughs)
1: well that sounds like you've ever fucking asked is what it sounds like
0: maybe I'll start asking maybe I'll start asking old people about their shared experience with uh, shingles go
1: to a shingles support group you're the youngest guy there by far yep thank you guys so much for having me here today i just wanted to talk about the youth perspective of having shingles which i don't think is represented very well in in media i see a new career path for you
0: in a lot of ways i love that there's like a support group on something that should really not fuck you up after it's gone but you're like (laughs) still so traumatized by this experience that you need to talk to someone else about it.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of cool, too, personally.
0: That's really sick.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. Well, Alex, uh, I know you got shingles,
0: so I'm not going <laughs> to... So, I'm not gonna... it's time to go. <laughs>
1: so, it's time to end the end the podcast permanently. It's actually okay. time to end the podcast permanently. Um, Yeah, very cool. That was my so I'm actually
0: coming on here, was to end this podcast after I left... <laughs>
1: You're doing a great job so far, actually, I would say, of just making me never want to interview anyone ever again. Uh, But I will ask you a question, and it is the question I ask everybody, and it is Noe's question. Uh, And Noe's question is different for everybody. I do ask everybody a version of Noe's question, but I don't ask everyone the same question. Try to... Try to tailor it, you know, to whatever the guest is talking about. It's sort of that thing that I would like to ask in the main section of the interview, but I don't really have, like, a good spot to do it, so I ask it here instead. Kind of gives us a little toe-in-the-water situation, you know?
0: uh, It's a, a lot of hard work that goes into picking a new question for everyone. So I appreciate the uh amount of work that you're putting in this podcast to make sure it's not the same <laughs> question every time.
1: Well, I will say I will be 100% transparent with you and the listeners. Uh my original noes question was going to be a BuzzFeed quiz. It was going to be you and me both taking the Which Natural Disaster Quiz <laughs> are you uh from July of 2017. Um but I was going through some of those questions and uh it just sucked. Like it yeah, just kind of sucked. Suck. So
0: I will Go disclose, out. you probably don't know, but um I was fired from BuzzFeed in mid-January of this year. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay, I'm just so gonna are be we the the most like the <laughs> biggest downer of a guest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we talked to him about shingles, and then we talked to him about <laughs> being unemployed. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into the, let's get into the topic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, let's talk about one of your favorite yeah. things of all time. Yeah.
0: But we don't have to harp on it. Like I'm I'm great, and I was actually a thing that I eventually want. Well, I wanted to do last year, like I wanted to leave on my own, but then you know coronavirus happened. And I was like. I'm working from home. This is a steady income. I'll just chill out here. Right. And then they gave me Yeah, that's that's fine. I don't have to I don't have
1: to rip them open on this podcast. <laughs> no, let's do it. But let's actually, suck. you know what? Let's just I've heard that. I've heard from other people who have who have worked there, uh that it is one of the worst jobs you can have that you don't think is gonna be terrible.
0: Yeah. The way they treat their employees is really like messed up because it's not it's like the millennial uh, culture. Like work culture, because you'll come in and like people smile at you, be like you're doing such a great job, and then you'll just get like a random, like oh uh, we got a report from someone that you like were doing something shitty, like (laughs) like like a like someone would basically write like an like I don't think it was anonymous, but they would write a report, and then I'd hear about it from like two bosses above me. I'm like, why couldn't this person just come to me and be like? Hey, can you not do this ever again?" I'll be like, "Yeah, totally." Um So what'd you do? <laughs> I uh they basically what happened is we had agreed to split up cuz I was a production manager, so I handled most of the logistical stuff, but if it's something right. that is more geared towards the creative of, of the video and I don't have that much bandwidth, I'll basically be like, "I think you can handle this for like if you really need my help, like I'll be working on your budget and schedule, but I don't think I can handle this, and they basically wanted me to call a bunch of locations to figure out, like, okay, and talk to people, and they were, like, going to be interviewing them, so I was like, that feels like some more of a creative conversation, uh, so you can work on that, and then about a month later, I got a report that's like, <laughs> I heard you had agreed to do this with this person, and then you Jesus. backed out, I'm like, cool, yeah, great, yeah, fuck me. Um, <laughs> wow. But so yeah, a you lot of really petty, got- a lot of petty shit, a lot of like passive aggressive shit around the workplace. There's the best thing about Buzzfeed, I will say, like this person aside, is that the people there are amazing. Like there's okay. so many great people that I worked with. This is the reason I, why I like stayed there for so long. But everything else was just kind of shitty. I also like never vibed with the content ever, so I really wasn't able to feel like I was diving in. And, right. Like you know.
1: Does anyone feel like they're vibing with the content at BuzzFeed? Oh yeah,
0: there's definitely people that was like, "You were made to do this. Like you, you were. This (laughs) was made for you." Um, And there's some people that find like spin it in a way that they can add their own voice to the BuzzFeed brand. Sure. Like there's uh, there's a great producer, Aria, um, who had a he had a very like strange, kind of out there sense of humor, kind of like me, and he was able to kind of, like, frame videos in a way that worked in the buzz realm, but also, like, satisfied his interest. Like, he did one that was, um, I stayed with a cult for, like, a week or something. Oh, and shit. It was a really great, like, he just made great stuff, and he figured out a way to blend it, but, yeah. That's amazing.
1: Well... That's awesome. Glad we talked about glad we talked about BuzzFeed, the company that let you go earlier in 2021. Glad we got to spend a really solid amount of time yeah, talking about
0: that. Singles. Yeah. 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 Unemployment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Really just some of the best. Some of the only the cream of the crop, like happy content on this podcast. Uh, but I'm gonna ask you the real Noe's question now. All right. I'm okay. Ready. The question is it's Noe's question. What is either the hottest you've ever been or the most physically exhausted you've ever been in your entire life? You can take a second if you need to think about it, but that's what I want to know.
0: Okay. This is kind of a blend between the two. Okay. I think. Uh, So in Arizona, which is where I I was born and grew up, uh, there was this event called Mud Mania. And I was probably in sixth grade, maybe somewhere between fourth and sixth grade. And basically Mud Mania is where like a bunch of kids like come to this event, which is out in like some random lot. And the people who work this, dig up these big trenches and like set up this big obstacle course. It kind of looks like a survivor challenge, but with Okay. But the pits are filled with mud. So you're just you the first thing you do is you get in this giant pit and you're just covered in mud. Okay. And cool. at the time I was like, Yeah, this sounds awesome. I'm so excited to go to Mud Mania. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty kid rolling around yeah. in mud. You were like, This is the fucking best. I was pumped. And my my mom had taken both me and my sister there, and the wait was really long. Like this event was apparently super popular. <laughs> That's crazy. And so I had to wait under, I had to wait in this long line and most of it was in the sun. Like at the very front of the line, before you go, there's like this kind of tented area, but everything outside of that, I was just like like sitting in the sun. And it was probably around summertime in Arizona. So you could expect like 110 degrees outside. Around Yikes. There. Uh, I also s- started to, Feel my eyelids get sunburnt in a sense, like my eyes like started hurting, which I never felt that sensation since then. But it just felt like a burning in my eyes, and I was like waiting in line, and I got under the tent, and I was just like, "Mom, I can't do this. (laughs) I can't do this. I'm so like sweaty and like it just was. I felt terrible. And my sister's like, who is a year and eight months younger than me." She's like, I'm ready. Let's go. And I'm just like, I can't. I'm going to sit this one out. So after all this time of waiting in this line and almost getting heat exhaustion, I sit out on the sidelines. And my mom gave, gave me her big, like, sunglasses. So I was just wearing big sunglasses, just sitting in the shade under a tree.
1: <laughs> but, it's
0: awesome, dude. Yeah. Did your
1: sister do good in the competition?
0: Uh, I don't think it was like a race. It was, just more <laughs> like, it was just more of, like, a, everyone go have fun. Because there was a line that was, like, you know, not everyone ran out at one time. It was just, like, kind of people would just go and start. Okay, for and, sure. But, yeah, it was very weird in hindsight. Um, Did you ever
1: know. go back and try to actually do it? Or was it no, sort of a, I've never done yeah. it? <laughs> it's cursed. That is cursed, man. I'm sorry that happened. That sucks.
0: No, it's it's fine. It was... There's so many, that's why it was hard of me to think of one specific moment. Cause growing up in Arizona, you're like, oh, it's always hot. And then you go sure. from being always hot outside to going usually into like 60 degree cooled houses or, right. or buildings. And it's just like a weird, I feel like I'm kind of fucked up from just that experience of <laughs> like the, the heat to cold transitions that I would constantly go through. But yeah, fun stuff.
1: But now you at least have shingles to make up for it, so it's all good. It's actually fine and cool and nice. Yeah, he's doing the fucking really the one on hand Johnny. snap. <laughs> Can you do... Oh, yes, dude. That's going to sound so good <laughs> for my listeners. Right in their fucking ear, dude. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Uh, I remember my freshman year of college. I am from a not uh, tropical or warm climate. I'm from the Pacific Northwest originally, and that's where I'm at right now. Uh, and I remember I went to school in Southern California, just like you. It's where we met. Uh, and I, uh, I remember I was working on a student film, a student production, and the call time was 5 a.m. So I had to wake up at, you guessed it, 4 a.m. <laughs> and I remember leaving my <laughs> shitty freshman dorm with my two other roommates, just being like, all right, here we go. And I'm not, I'm not going on this set to do anything like, glamorous by any means i'm like literally a third grip like i am literally like just hug like hauling heavy ass equipment you know all day back and forth setting shit up and it's you know it's like october in california so that's way hotter than i would ever want it to be in the world it's like 90 degrees outside i'm moving heavy shit i just literally remember being so exhausted like at the end of the day by this set that i Went to Chipotle after set. I was like, I need to, like, eat something because I was barely eating all day, too. Barely hydrating because I'm, like, I'm constantly doing shit, and I wasn't able to manage it super well. I remember going to Chipotle, like, eating a burrito maybe in, like, two bites because I was so goddamn hungry. Just, like, so hungry. And I and the only time in my life that I have ever, like, straight up fallen asleep with my shoes on, I, I like, went back into my room and and just fell into my bed and passed out immediately. The most exhausted I think I've been in my entire life. So pretty cool.
0: Holy shit. It's crazy the amount of like shit we, we put up with in film school of just being like, hey, it's any it's any amount of experience. Like I got to go to the set to be, you know.
1: So people know who I am so I like, like, get more experience. Yeah, to hold
0: the hips of the guy that's holding the boom because he might fall over or something yeah, like exactly. so minimal like that. But I remember, you know. Doing all that shit as a freshman, being like, I'm making movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll do fucking, I'll literally do fucking anything you want me to do. Yeah. Like, literally anything. and it, it is terrible because they will, like, literally make you do anything that they need you to do. Uh, and it sucks. And it doesn't change when you leave film <laughs> no. school. It's actually worse and the same at the yep. same time. So, pretty cool. I guess in that way it did prepare us for the industry. So, very cool. Okay, so enough of that. <laughs> Let's talk about... Let's talk about what we came here to talk about today, Alex. When I asked you to do this podcast, I said you pick something, whatever you want, as long as you can consider it a favorite or one of your favorite things. That's the whole point of the show. And you said I want to pick the Glamis Sand Dunes. Yes, I was very very surprised by that because I've never heard
0: you once talk about the
1: Glamis Sand Dunes ever. I think this so is something like, that
0: it's like this podcast appearance would also like I guess inform more people about the other side, the other half of my life, which is growing <laughs> up in Arizona around this culture. Like, sure. Like in, in LA, I'm like, you know, LA comedian, you know, whatever, content maker, whatever the fuck. And, but I had like this whole other thing happening. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go on.
1: <laughs> well, to explore, to, to sort of get at the root of that guy, why did you pick the Glamis Sand Dunes as this thing? When you, I said to you, you can really pick almost anything you want. I'll talk to you about literally almost anything, but you picked this. Why'd you pick this?
0: Yeah, I think what, what I first tried to do was come up with a topic that you maybe not have had. Like, just to sure. get my mind going. Of Like, okay, what's something that's kind of like left field, but also something that I can pull from? Uh, and then I thought of Vacation. And then instantly, I'm just like, boom, Glamis. Because it's probably, it is the place, the single place that I've been to the most on vacation. I started going there when I was around two years old. Oh, wow. My parents would take me, and obviously I don't have any memories from that. But uh, it's something that would be like a yearly or every two-year thing growing up since I, or like up until probably... Six when I was sixteen or seventeen.
1: So this has just been a thing that you've just always returned to in your childhood. It's been like a like a staple in your in your adolescence and young childhood.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a huge staple, and it's weird that I don't go anymore because I will like sometimes have dreams about it, or there's like this interesting sensation when you are traveling and you wake up in a certain place, and you're kind of like delirious about like, am I in my bed and back home or am I like right. at this location? And now sometimes I have that when I like wake up here where I'll like somehow think I'm waking up in my motorhome at Glamis and then I'll have like that oh, wow. like weird thing of like, oh no I'm I'm here. But it is something that's just like I have such specific memories to waking up, like staying in the motorhome, stuff like that.
1: It's crazy that you say that. I and that triggers a memory for me being five or six years old and my parents deciding we're going to go to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho is like at the like near the top of Idaho. So in that real like skinny, like stretch of the state, you have to go through Washington. It's like right next to the border of Washington state and Idaho. And so we drove there and I was like five or six and I used to fall asleep listening to Charlotte's web uh, on tape and we didn't bring it with us. I think we may have forgotten it or something, but we didn't have it for whatever reason. And that night, you know, it was an 8-hour car ride and when you're 5 or 6 years old, that feels insane yeah. to be in the car for 8 or 7 or 8 hours. But we did it, and I remember they like bungee corded like a TV that had like a VHS player like in to the car or whatever for me and my sister, or just like some crazy ass shit. And I remember going to sleep that night and hearing the Charlotte's Web tape in my mind and swearing that it was playing in the room, like straight up. It's like like an, just having that. It's like an
0: omelette du fromage moment from Dexter's Laboratory. <laughs> he listens to that tape. He listens to that tape while sleeping. Have you seen that episode?
1: Probably like way, way back in the he's day. I haven't thought about he's Dexter's lab in French
0: forever. for some reason, and he goes to bed listening to a tape that's just like repeating this one phrase: "Amle du fromage." Which is like oh
1: shit, yes, which is like
0: cheese omelet, I think, in French. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why it's only repeating this one phrase because obviously you can't learn French from (laughs) that. But he wakes up and that's the only thing he can say, and the whole episode is just like he can only say omelet du fromage because it's been so cemented in his subconscious (laughs) that he can't speak English anymore. He can only say that phrase in French.
1: (laughs) Damn, dude, I'm gonna have to go through the Dexter's Lab rewatch. That's a show I haven't thought about in. Years maybe Dex. I've thought about Dexter's mom. I will be honest, and I've thought about Dexter's mom, but I haven't thought about the actual, the actual show in that way in a long time.
0: Yeah, they just put it on HBO Max, I think. So I've been watching oh, some go. episodes, but but yeah, that's crazy. I
1: just remember like hearing, <laughs> hearing like, and it was fucked up too because like I don't think my parents ever like changed the side of the tape or put in like the next tape in the edition of Charlotte's Web. So I think it was literally just like the first three chapters of Charlotte's web like over and crazy over again. Listening to that?
0: I probably did. That's or, or probably why I was fucking in a way Where it. you're like, that's the whole thing. You're like that's the, <laughs> that's the, that's, the, that's all that happened.
1: It's th- it's meeting this pig. And that's the entire book is meeting this pig. It's like, what else what's up with this pig? I have no fucking idea. Um well, that's cool. <laughs> so getting back to the topic at hand here. Yeah. Uh what is it about the dunes what is it about glamis that makes it special and unique and what did you look forward to i guess in sense returning to every year year and a half what was so cool about it
0: it's kind of like this weird mystical place like just first off visually okay because when you're there you don't see a, you don't see any buildings you don't see it like there's not a road in sight You're just in the middle of this sand dune desert from like Star Wars, you know, on like the the big sand hills and you look everywhere and there's just like, all you can see are people's trailers from where they're staying, like whatever, but otherwise it's like this big sand pit. So as a kid, I was just like, what is this place? It's so much different than like where I live, even though I lived in a desert, but it's like the fact that there's like no sort of established civilization other than, you know, the, the other people that are staying there. It was really great. And I felt like the second part of this is I felt like I was able to have I was gifted with like a lot of responsibility that I was excited oh, okay. about because part of the main attraction to going to the sand dunes is you ride ATVs, like quads, you or like yeah. in a sand buggy. So I I actually was uploading or backing up old tapes that my family has. And the opening of one of the tapes is me, probably nine years old, and my sister, probably seven or eight. And I'm driving a golf cart. Like, I'm driving this big golf cart. Like, no, <laughs> no seatbelt or anything, but I'm just like, my mom's filming me. I'm just like driving super fast, like going around in circles. And my sister's like <laughs> screaming. She's like, stop, stop. Uh, but, That's awesome. But the fact that I was able to be exposed to like, actually Operating a vehicle like that and I rode quads since I was you know, probably six or seven so sure It was one of those things where I was like like I get get to ride with like my dad and my uncle That I like really looked up to and I was like the fact that I can do the same thing as them at this age And like feel like I'm a part of the fun or feel like I'm included in it was like a big part of why you know, it's been really cemented in my memory and my soul
1: Yeah, no, that makes 100% sense. Is the riding ATVs and quads and dune buggies and stuff like that, was that because you would go to the sand dunes, or was that prior to that, or is it a chicken and the egg situation where it's like you don't know what really came first? You just came out of the womb fucking ripping and rolling in the sand.
0: Uh, Well, I'm not sure when my dad really, like the first time he went to the sand dunes, but basically... Like, my dad's side of the family is really ingrained with riding motorcycles, so I think he started doing that with, you know, his brother and his dad, and they still sometimes do it. They have to, like, tell my grandpa that he can't, like, keep... <laughs> he can't keep riding <laughs> motorcycles off-road. But they would go to different places on, like, you know, different terrains. Like, there's... My grandpa has this campground in Colorado that would they would go ride motorcycles at, and then... You know, of course, Arizona has plenty of places to ride, but I don't know when... But I'm sure when they figured out that this place was a place to go, they were just like, fuck, like, we can't go anywhere else. Um, (laughs) Sure. But, but yeah, and there was, like, a big group surrounding it. Like, it it was, of course, my dad um, and the rest of us, his family, and my uncle with his family, who I I had, like, cousins that were my age um, that I would hang out with, and then there would also be, like friends of theirs that would come in and also they'd also bring their kids too. So we had like this little group of children um, that we could hang out with. So it was like a cool community aspect to it.
1: That's gotta be so nice to have cousins who are like your age. I never had cousins who were like similar, even enough in age. They were all either like five years older than me or like three to four years younger than me. So I always felt like I was like trying to hang out with the older kids or I had to like, Babysit these younger yeah, cousins a but in reality. Yeah,
0: that's a yeah. horrible spot to be. Because like, no, no kid around, you know, that age wants to hang out with younger, younger people. They're like at all. Yeah, they're like, I wouldn't look cool if I was hanging out with you. And then the other, the other cousins are like, drinking beer or some shit. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, you definitely can't do that. Um, I remember
1: one of my older cousins who lived up in uh, like the Seattle area. He. Like, we were up there, and he, like, was playing, like, NBA Live, like, 05 or something like that, like, back in the day. And his mom was like, you have to play this with your cousin Noah. Like, he's (laughs) here from Oregon. You have to play this with him. And so I just remember he, like, must have done something to the settings where he, like, couldn't miss from three or something like that. And so I'm, like, trying to figure out how to play this game. And he's with, like, Steve Francis or, like, Ray Allen or someone, whoever was, like, a huge three-point maker at the time. And he just would always go to this one spot and just, like, barely hit the button, and it would always go in. <laughs> and it would, like, piss me off so bad. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that shit? So it's that kind of shit that happens uh, when you're trying to hang out with the older cousin. And then the cycle is just vicious, so you just do it to your younger yeah, cousins, yeah. too. You so
0: I hate that. Yeah. I, that's why I've always – I never like to play sport games with like other people because I will just get <laughs> mad because uh, my old roommate Will would, like we'd play Madden and he just needs yeah. some sort of, like just like the three point thing where he'd like throw <laughs> a pass like before, like the person even turned around and it would somehow glitch into his hand and like he'd Holy be gone shit. and I'd just be like, how do I even, I don't know how to fucking... Play against <laughs>
1: Do you rage at when you game, or do you try to keep it together, or what? Or are there certain games that you rage at, or not?
0: It depends on who I'm playing with. Like Will, I was super comfortable, so I was like, you know, it's it's like fun to get like pissed off at him, sure, and get like annoyed. But I've never, I don't really feel like I, you know, if I'm playing someone that I'm not really familiar with, I'm just like, oh, we'll just have fun or whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll just keep this light and not yeah. insane. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Well, that's cool that there's this little community aspect around the Glamis thing. It wasn't just like your like immediate family. It was your cousins, and you, you know, meet other people uh, who are out there as well. That community aspect has like got to be the reason why you just wanted to keep going back because you knew it's like, oh, I'm going to see my cousins. I'm going to see the other folks who come out around this time of year to do it. So that's pretty amazing that you were able to consistently make that happen for, or your family was able to make that happen for most of your childhood.
0: Yeah, it, it's also a really nice feeling, at least for me, where the group's kind of big enough where you can listen to people or you can, like, uh, interact with people, but you don't have to be the center of attention. Because I was kind of sure. I was pretty shy as a kid, so being in that big of a group, I could, like, sit around the campfire with them and not have to say anything, but I could, like, you know, listen to the stories they're telling or, like, the conversation. So that was cool, too, that it was, like, a big enough group for that. But yeah, it's also with like the people the other people that come, you know, around the camp. There's yeah. this, like this huge camaraderie about like, you know, letting people pass you if, if they need to or like making sure you're conscious of like when you're riding that you're being aware of everything that you're doing and making sure that, you know, of course you don't want to hit anyone with the vehicle, but like <laughs> right. just making sure that everyone's looking out for each other because if they don't, like everyone's going to get fucked up real quick.
1: <laughs> yeah, no one's gonna have fun anymore because you're gonna be just absolutely out of your fucking mind if something were to happen. Has shit ever like gone down in like a major way, or was everyone usually pretty safe, or did you ever have any close
0: calls? Um there there's a few times where like um like either close calls is in like people get too close. There's never a time where I've like collided or like anyone has collided with anyone, but like sure. sometimes I I like, we'll fuck around, and I got, like, a hot head as soon as I could really find my way around a quad, and i just start jumping, like, I'd like, go off a sand dune and, like, jump into the air <laughs> oh, and land, um, which I do, I would do a lot, so I was like, yeah, this is fine, and then one time, I don't know how exactly I did it, but I went up, I went up this, like, dune ramp, and the front end just never went back, like, it didn't go oh. back to level, so I was, like, sticking straight up like front wheels in the air oh my god and then I just like I was like oh, I'm not going down um, and I quickly think I'm like well I don't want to stay on this quad so that I like get my tailbone broken or something so I just kind of pushed away from the quad midair and I like landed <laughs> on my back in the sand dude and every every vehicle in the at the dunes is you have like this big flag coming out of it it's okay. called a whip that's like the so the uh <laughs>
1: the technical term yeah uh
0: but then I I it la- I watched it land just like literally straight up just right on the back of the quad and my whip snapped off and then the quad just kind of like <laughs> rolled down the thing Jesus um, yeah my dad got mad at me he's like what the fuck are you doing jumping <laughs>
1: Yeah, he got he got ma- he got mad at you because you broke the whip, and not that you were literally fifteen feet up in the air and could have gotten seriously messed up.
0: And also, so. he says that, and he goes and jumps like his own shit. So it's just like, <laughs> what do you expect me to do? I'm, I'm exactly. watching you and thinking you're the shit. So of course I'm gonna- learned it
1: literally from watching you, <laughs> literally um did you guys go on vacation often as a family like to other places like was that a thing that you guys would would do or was Glamis special because it was like okay we're actually all gonna be together in that way
0: it was something that was really prevalent in my childhood I my dad had a motorhome um it was one of the when you say a
1: motorhome do you mean like a big rv or like what do you mean when you say motorhome
0: uh The first one I remember is, I guess RV. It's it's called the Class C RV. It's the one you ever seen. Rugrats go to Paris, (laughs) for sure. Oh yeah, or is it? It might be Vegas. But the one where I don't
1: think I don't think the Rugrats ever go to Vegas, my friend. I don't think the Rugrats get to ha- get to have any adventures in New York, New York, or Caesar's Palace.
0: I don't know, but they were in a motorhome, and there's this—it's a motorhome that has this big overhang on the front where, like, the kids can stay up there, and there's a window at the front, so you can like watch oh, yeah. it, like, so it looks like you're looking out the same way that the driver is. So sure. we had one of those, which is really cool. I just that re- is cool. I remember just like being a kid like with my sister and just like looking out on the road like while we uh while we drove and we'd sleep up there too um but we had one of those and we would go to a lot of places like we there's also a semi-annual trip where we would go to Newport Beach but it was like Newport Bay which is kind of like this RV park near Newport Beach that has like this uh this kind of bay thing with like a playground stuff, but we'd go okay. there a lot. We'd go um, just visit different family members. And most of the time I remember there weren't many Christmases where I was at home because it was oh, mostly wow. like we'd have Christmas on the RV and we'd be traveling a lot.
1: Damn. Okay. I oh, yeah. if you have that mobile home, then you pretty much can go wherever you want. That is a world that I am like not familiar really with at all, but like, if you got it, use it. I mean, why else Why else have one if you're not going to, you know, utilize it whenever you can?
0: Yeah, yeah. We also would go to uh, my grandpa's campground that I mentioned earlier, yeah. which is also another place, like, dear to my heart. But I wouldn't really call it a vacation. It's more like a home away from home. But, sure. But, yeah, it is, it is interesting because it's one of the things where you have memories or you have, like, experiences as a child and then you're like of course this is normal of course everyone does this <laughs>
1: <laughs> and of course everyone's got a mobile home and that then, they use you know, as soon as three I, times like, a year
0: I, yeah as soon as i go to you know school and move to california i'm like oh no one has these
1: experiences <laughs> 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 this is very specific to my life yeah it's yeah.
0: very specific which is kind of like i think special now that i've lived long enough to get that hindsight but at the time you're just like i feel really alienated or the fact that i don't have (laughs) i don't have like i can't share in certain experiences with these new people that like i'm supposed to become friends with Uh,
1: yeah just absolute outcast forever because you have a mobile home and everyone's like that is the fucking mobile home kid do not talk to him stay as far away as you can from the mobile home kid that's kind of dope. I don't know if I had known that. If I had known that when we were both at whatever university we both attended, who that will shall remain nameless, uh, maybe I would. Maybe I would have liked you more. <laughs> maybe I would. Maybe I would have been like, "That kid's cool. He's got a mobile." Home. Yeah, the biggest really mistake of my life home.
0: is not telling everyone that I was a mobile home kid.
1: <laughs> it's like you find out the you've got you find out the kid who's got like a fucking you know beach house or a cabin or something in the mountains, and they all go there and trash it. But you were the kid who had the mobile home. It's not. It's not quite the same. Was being like, yo, let's get in my dad's mobile <laughs> home and just wreck this thing. Let's trash this thing. Because it's like, it's just not the same. But yeah. yeah, would have been cool had you had that experience.
0: There was also, um, I mean, the one time I really get went back post-college was my roommates that I was living with uh, as a sophomore, uh, one, of my, one of my roommates, Kevin, he started like doing a flipping kind of business type thing because he knew a lot about motorcycles and a lot about like mechanic stuff so he would basically okay. buy broken motorcycles on craigslist and then he would fix them in the garage and then he would resell them for like thousands of dollar profit Holy shit. and so me and Will, he he needed more hands. Like me and Will didn't know anything about motorcycles, but we're like we can help you, so we started helping him. And then we got like certain cuts of the stuff <laughs> we we're making. Yes, we we're making dude. pretty good money. Uh, but I kept I was telling them about the dunes, and they were like Kevin was really excited. And he's like, at a certain point, like a few weeks after I told them, Kevin comes out to me and like shows me this Craigslist ad, and it's for this this four seater dune buggy. This like oh, nice. yellow, and he's like, I think we should buy it. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> so we ended up buying this thing, <laughs> this four-seater doom buggy, and we got paddle tires and stuff. Basically, like, if you're driving a car, it has, like, nice smooth tires, but you can't drive through sand with that. So you sure. need a certain type of tire, which is called paddle tire, which is basically looks like, you know, those uh, water wheels that you see in, like, old town villages or whatever that have like the water (laughs) spinning in the in the thing collecting water or whatever um but yeah you have to put those on so we got the wheels for it all that and then we went out to the dunes um and we start going and first of all this thing is so like this dune buggy is so shitty we got it for such a good deal it's so (laughs) shitty because there's like no suspension on it so you're just basically like you're basically just like every bump that you hit, you just like <laughs> oh, are geez. taking in. Um, and then we like we got out of the new buggy for some reason because it was riding a little weird. And we looked down and the holes of where the tires go in were like becoming ovals. And then, oh, wow. And then Kevin was like, oh, shit, we didn't tighten the wheels all the way. So now oh it's like after only a couple hours of being there, we could not use this doombug anymore. <laughs> sucks, dude. And then we left and never, never returned. But uh, what
1: a sad way! <laughs> what a sad way to remember this place that you went for so long as a kid. And it's like, well, that sucks that we can't really hang out here because forgetting didn't screw the tire on well enough but that is kind of that is kind of fitting i guess in a way where it's like you have this memory of this place when you're a kid and it's one way and you go back and it's like oh now i got to do all the things that my parents would do to like make it you know a trip or whatever and it's 100%. like well now i can't now i can't even do the thing because i didn't know how <laughs> how tight you were supposed to you know put the tire on or whatever so a little fitting in that sort of like i'm an adult now growing up way you know 100
0: and also like Made me realize more of what actually made the dunes fun, which is you know that camaraderie, that community type aspect. Because you know, if it's only the four of us going out, it's definitely not going to be the same. Like
1: totally. So, a couple more questions, and then we're going to get into some fast facts, which I know you are dying to hear about. Dying. Uh, yeah, you're literally you're dying. You're literally dying. Um, Post pandemic, where's some place that you'd really like to go? I know you know traveling. I think is on a lot of people's minds. Obviously, you can get in a plane, you can, you know, do some things right now, but I don't know how, how advisable it is given everything. But once the pandemic is, you know, more or less under control, where's a place that you'd really like to go uh, travel to?
0: One thing that I'm definitely going to do immediately once I can is uh, go to a music festival. I'm like, I'm I'm really big on music festivals. Uh, And JC, uh, my girlfriend, she, kind of started introducing me to that. Uh, okay. But as soon as I started going to music festivals, I instantly recognized, like, the parallel between, like, festival and, like, what the dunes were, were as a, as a oh. kid. Because, like, okay. we usually would bring, like, a group of 10 or so people with us, like our friends. Uh, and then, you know, we'd stay in one big tent together. And in the same way where, you know, if you're at the dunes, like, the big event is the ride. Like, the ride that everyone goes, like, the... Sure. Driving the ATVs and stuff, where we'd be gone for, like, anywhere up to eight hours like and come back. Oh, jeez. But yeah. uh, in the same way that that is sort of like an event mixed with, like, camping and hanging out with your people, that's like kind of the same with a music festival where you're hanging out to camp, like, with the people you came with, and then there's the event of, like, going and actually seeing the music sure. and experience the music. So I definitely think there's a parallel there of kind of feeling at home when I go to a music festival and stuff like that. So that's definitely, for something sure. I'll, I'll be going back to.
1: I literally just last episode talked to, I don't know if you know, Dustin Titcomb, uh, but I literally just talked to him about the now defunct Sasquatch music oh, festival yeah. up in, uh, I guess like central Washington, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, did you ever hit that music festival? What were the ones that you were hitting no, prior to the pandemic? I,
0: I wanted to go to that. Uh, but I've hit uh, – the first one I ever went to was Coachella, which is probably the worst one that I've been to. Um, okay. Why? It, there's a lot of people that go. Yep. The crowds are pretty shitty because they, like – they usually get really drunk at Coachella. Like, so that's the thing. So people are, like, bumping into you and shit. In the crowd. It's, like, overly crowded. So it's just, sure. like, you can't really vibe with the music when everyone's just, like – knocking you off your feet, but, yeah. um, that, and then it was so hot. Like it's, it was real, it was really, really bad. Be- and I've grow, grown up in Arizona, but it's like, it's hot. And then at night it gets cold, but it's super windy. Like one oh, of the times sure. or the last night we were out and it was like the windiest that it had been all weekend. And we're like, Oh, I hope the tent's okay. Cause we kind of got this big wet rectangular wedding tent so all of okay. us can sleep there. Um, okay. And then we come back, and we're like, the tent's gone. And then we're like... <laughs> <laughs> wow. And we look a couple rows down, and it is like flipped on, flipped like upside down on top of someone's car. <laughs> and there's like a group of people just kind of all sitting there with crossed arms, just kind of staring at the wreckage. And we walk over, and we're like... Hey, <laughs> uh, uh, that's our tent. Um, <laughs> so we like pull it off and immediately just throw away the whole thing. Cause it's just mangled and like, fucked <laughs> <up>. <laughs> you know, we just, and we just end up sleeping under the stars. Um, beautiful. So was, right, but, look, I've been to, I've been to Coachella. Uh, I've been to uh, life is beautiful, which is one in Vegas, which is a very different that's vibe. That's an
1: EDM festival, right?
0: Yeah. It's a mix. It has mainstream stuff too, um, and that. But that one you stay in a hotel because so it's very, very different than camping and stuff. <laughs> uh, camping
1: under the under the mini Eiffel Tower yeah. <laughs> on the Strip instead. Yeah, yeah I can
0: imagine. I've been to Bonnaroo, which is in Tennessee, which oh, that shit. was like our longest trip to go to a festival. One of the best festivals that we've been to. Um, awesome.
1: Any other big festivals of note that you've been to?
0: Um. We went to Lightning in a Bottle which is probably my favorite festival which is up by Kern Lake in California. And that was okay. nice cuz it's super small. Like compared to Coachella, it's like so nice just having like such a small amount of crowd, but all the crowds like really respect like your boundaries and your space and sure. There wasn't really a time where you know we were super packed in. And also like they're they're pretty trusting of the people that come in like usually when you go to a festival you have to go through like a metal detector people like pat you down but right uh bottles like really open like you can just kind of go in and out whenever you want oh wow um, which is super nice so that like encouraged us to um kind of go to earlier shows because you can kind of just hang out in the in the big venue but is that yeah. a
1: camping one as well yeah that one's yeah
0: big camping you could also they had like a huge they had kern lake so you could go into the water and just like swim which is really oh, wow. cool. That was, like, an experience that I haven't had with, like, music festivals of having that kind of...
1: Are Are there any that you want to go to that you haven't been to, like, post-pandemic? Like, what's the top of your list for one that you haven't been to that once everything's safer you're going to go to?
0: That's a good question. Uh, my friend went to Voodoo Fest in um, New Orleans Yeah, pretty or a couple of years ago, and he's been, like, begging us to take the whole group there, so I'll probably hit that up um but also they're like sending me links to festivals that are happening in like october i'm just like i think we should just wait it out (laughs) until (laughs) yeah i really want to go to outside lands in san francisco that,
1: that is the one that i'm not like a festival guy by like any means i'm actually not i've been to embarrassingly few live music shows in my life like concerts whatever like just at all told Outside Lands is the one for me where I'm like, that's the one I want to hit. That one seems really cool. That and FYF.
0: Yeah, I've been to FYF like three times. FYF's really great. Damn. And uh, yeah, Outside Lands seems great too. I mean, I've been to San Francisco a few times and walked through that area of the park and just be like, this would be the perfect location for a music festival because that park's so, like Golden Gate Park is so beautiful. And then you can walk like, you know, at a pre- pretty reasonable, like, distance to and then you're back in the city so exactly
1: san francisco is like one of the coolest cities in the world don't know if i could ever personally live there but like going to visit it's like damn this place is amazing uh okay here's some fast facts for you the algodones dunes aka the glamis dunes aka the imperial sand dunes is a large erg and erg is a sand dune field that is something that i learned during this and i wanted to share with the listeners i didn't know that My friend Alex over there on the other end of this call Uh, located in the southeastern portion of California near the border of Arizona and the Mexican state of Baja, California. The field is approximately 45 miles long by six miles long wide and extends along a Northwest Southeast line that correlates to the prevailing northerly and westerly wind directions. That's fact number one.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yes, dude. That's the best fact. That's gotta be the best (laughs) fact in here.
1: Nope, I got so many more better. H-Fact keeps topping the next fact. (laughs) You just fucking wait. Uh, The name Algodone's Dunes refers to the entire geographic feature, while the administrative design for that portion managed by the Bureau of Land Management is the Imperial Sand Dune Recreation Area. In 1966, Imperial Sand Hills was designated as a national natural landmark by the National Park. Service, see what I mean? How that
0: factor seems so confusing. Like, why would they give like you know so many names to this one thing?
1: I don't know. But you called it Glamis, and so when I was searching Glamis to like do like my research and everything for the show, everything just kept coming back Algodones, 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 and I'm like, is he fucking with me? Like, what's going on here? So I like literally texted you, and I was like. This is the place we're talking about, right? And you're like, yeah, it is. Just like, <laughs> so just like, yes, please leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you until, the, until a mic can pick it up. That's what I'm about. So, But that's what it's called. It's like three different names for it. I think I will call it Glamis. Glamis is way easier to say than Algodones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Algodones dunes <laughs> are split into many different sections. The sections include Glamis, Gordon's Well, Buttercup, Midway and Patton's Valley.
0: Yeah. So Although these, the air, Arab- what kind of sections did you call them? Like recreational?
1: Uh, it just says, I just have it as many different sections. Oh, gotcha. I think this is when yeah. they
0: split it up to recreational areas. So it's like, when you go in and pay at like a booth, you're going to go to the Glamis section and you can't like move on to a different section if you're there or you go to Gordon's well, or you go to buttercup, but did you have a favorite region? is for sure i went to gordon's well once and it was kind of shitty um why because there's more flat desert than actual dunes i feel like gotcha um so it wasn't as hilly got it
1: it's all about those hills, all about those like, that's hills what megan, baby that's what megan trainer that's what her song was originally called all about those hills Um, It's probably the best joke I've said so far, actually, I think. Uh, That was dope. That was fucking sick. Um, Although the Arabic-derived Spanish word algodonates translates to cotton plant, the origin is unknown of the toponym. And toponym is a word (laughs) that means (laughs) a place name, especially one derived from a topographical feature. So it's a name derived from a, like, geographical thing. That's what toponym means. So we're learning a bunch of words here today as well. I'm
0: imagining, like, two guys at the sand dunes, like, at camp, like, and one guy's just here to ride, and the other guy's just like, did you know the Algodones sand dunes? They don't really know where the name derives from.
1: <laughs> the other guy just is spraying fucking mud and sand. <laughs> His face is like, sorry, bro, can't hear you. <laughs> I'm trying to ride. And he's like, oh, no worries. I'm going to go back into my perfectly shaded circle that I've made for myself out in the dunes. Well, don't worry, Alex. We have a lot more facts to get to. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so, let's go. Uh, the dunes are now separated at the southern end by agricultural land from the much more extensive Gran Desierto de Altar, to which they were, that's probably the widest way that's ever been said in the entire (laughs) life of that thing being in existence, but to which they were linked as an extreme peripheral finger. That's what they were called. The (laughs) Algodones sand dunes were a finger to Gran Desierto de Altar. The only significant human-made structures in the area are the All-American Canal that cuts across the southern portion from east to west and the Coachella Canal on the western edge. Is that uh, your favorite fact so far?
0: That is, and I also have a story to go with that. You want <laughs> yeah. me to wait? No, no, no. Go for it now. Okay. So the canal is massive. Have you ever seen a canal? Not in person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you hear about this you shit? About this <laughs> you know about this? <laughs> no, I've never seen a canal in person, only in video, like the Panama Canal and stuff.
0: Yeah. For the viewers who don't know what a canal is. <laughs> it's like a, It's basically how you get water to the desert. Arizona is filled with them, but it's just like a big, like, V shaped, like, concrete structure that's filled with water that flows. And Um, has, like,
1: lock systems and stuff, right?
0: Yeah. Sometimes people, like, get in the canal and they get pulled, like, by the current, and then they get, like, shoved up into the grate (laughs) that separates it and they drown. Um, that's awesome and if you thought that was a bummer this next story is going to be a really big bummer (laughs) okay let's go Uh, fucking hit me so my grandpa who's involved in the whole uh, motorcycle culture stuff he was driving something out to the canal because we would go to the canal and you know kind of just hang out it's kind of like the the back country of like a ski slope so it's not as rough of like sand and stuff it's more dirt you can like take like a golf cart out there um but we would go out there and hang out. But I think my grandpa was driving out alone. And he goes up and looks in the canal. And he sees this dune buggy just, like, shoved in, like, facing into the canal. Jesus. With a dude strapped in. And he's just like, oh, that guy's dead. What he thinks <laughs> what, ha- what, what happen is either the guy didn't know the canal was there. Because when you go up to the canal, there's a big, like like, kind of ramp like thing where like a dirt ramp to get up to it so either this guy was just hauling ass like and didn't know where the canal was or he tried to jump it but he like basically flew up and then just like went right into the side of the canal and died so that's a that's a that's a fun fact to add on to your fast fact
1: That is so fun. Thank you for sharing sharing that story about the dead guy that your grandpa saw in in the canal at the place that you like the most in the world. That's
0: That's what made it really set it over the edge of, like, this place is the best. (laughs)
1: This place is so fucking cool. You can see a dead person in the canal sometimes. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my fucking life. Uh, We're going to move on to the next cool fact. I'm going to start calling these cool facts, I think, (laughs) instead. All right, next cool fact. Uh, the most popular theory holds that the Algodones dunes were formed from windblown beach sands of Lake Kahuya, I think is how you say it, Kahuya. The prevailing westerly and northwesterly winds carried the sand eastward from the old lake shore to their present location, which continues to migrate southeast by approximately one foot per year. Whoa. You got sand moving at a foot Per year. I don't even move that much. That is a oh Buzz Zing on that. That is an
0: interesting fact. The other ones were trash, but it's (laughs) super interesting. Because I did not know how they were made. Um and that's crazy that like how long would that have taken to get all the sand blown over to make massive hills of sand?
1: I I don't know but apparently a long ass time because you've been driving around on them for most of your life and they've been there way longer than that so it's fucked
0: up. It's
1: kind of cool. <laughs> Next cool fact. Speaking of cool, Uh, during World War II, all right, here we go. Guns and shit. Back Uh, in the day. Back in the (laughs) here we go. That's right. Back in the day. Back in World War II, the U.S. military conducted desert warfare training on the dunes, which were part of the California Arizona Maneuver Area. People have been driving on the dunes for recreation almost since vehicles first reached the area, which may have been proving ground for the first dune buggy, which was a modified Ford Model A. Off-driving, excuse me, off-road driving surged following World War II when Jeeps became available to the public because of a surplus of unused ones in World War II. So, that's a cool fact.
0: That's awesome. I like that fact. Uh, there's There are signs, like, I think it's right after the canal, where it says, like, uh weapons testing, like, beware weapons oh, testing. Uh And no one's allowed <laughs> to go over there, but uh, there are, like, these crazy signs with, like, plain symbols on them, just, like, we- some sort of weapons testing.
1: I don't think of Arizona as, like, an absolutely insane place, or, like, this area as, like, an absolutely insane place. But then every time I hear, like, yeah, we were just... By the canal, and there's a dead guy in it. And, like, you know, yeah, we just went off a sand dune. We were flying through there. I'm like, damn, Alex, you kind of grew up in an insane area.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, it's really crazy to think of in hindsight. I mean, this is also a whole thing that, like, I just did not continue. Like, I rode, I used to race motorcycles on, like, dirt tracks Jesus and stuff. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> Why'd you stop that?
0: Um, I got I got in a bad crash one time, and I was kind of like, I'm over it. <laughs>
1: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Actually, yeah. yeah. Damn, how old were you when you got in that crash?
0: I think it was probably middle school. Um, oh wow! I, st- I still would ride recreationally, like with my dad and my family, but um, I wouldn't try. I wouldn't like race anymore or anything.
1: Wow. Okay. So not only is it dune buggy central at your house, it's motorcycle central at your house. That's wild.
0: Yeah, I feel like dirt dirt bikes for my family is the staple. Like that is the starting point, and like it branches out into the other things. But my uh, my dad and uncle would race so much that they created shirts that have also racing on them. (laughs) That's so Um, good. (laughs) So damn. Yeah, my dad's raced like he's raced dune buggies. He's raced. Jet skis, like he oh race. God. Yeah, he raced with his mountain bikes now because it's a little less demanding on, um, on himself. But sure, he also Damn. broke his back while riding in a single person dune <laughs> <tomb laughs> buggy. Holy shit! How did, how did how did that happen? Um, I think he was. I don't know if he was racing or just like casually cruising, but um, he would ride in this thing. It would be so scary because it's literally one seat. It, Doom boogie. So it's like this little compact thing. It's like a fucking smart car, but like for yeah. the dirt. And he like hit one jump. I don't know. I didn't experience this because it was before I was born. But my mom says he, he hit this jump and there was kind of like a big pit or something near it. And he just fell right into the pit and kind of did what the, the doom buggy <laughs> did. But yeah. he, he survived, but he broke his back. And I guess Jesus. it was so low that... Like, it helped protect him from, you know, losing uh, the ability to, like, move his legs. So he was really wow. lucky. But, yeah.
1: Damn. I would not last a fucking second in your <laughs> guys' house. Hey, we're getting on these motorcycles. We're getting on these dirt bikes. Yeah, I'm going I'm to go inside. <laughs> I'm going inside, dude. I'm not getting on one of those things. Thank you for the offer, but no thanks. <laughs> Uh, We have four more cool facts. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, baby. (laughs) Okay. It is the largest sand dune open to off-highway vehicle use in the United States. The site's large sand dunes are a preferred terrain for many off-road vehicle owners. We've talked about that. At nauseum. motorcycles, sand rails, ATVs, four-wheelers. Vehicles that are commonly driven across the sand dunes. You can camp there. And on major winter holidays, as many as 150,000 people can visit in a single weekend. When you were going growing up, did you ever feel like, damn, there's a lot of fucking people around here? Or was it so big and spread out that it sort of just felt like your pod against everybody else's
0: little pod that was around you? It depends on the time you go, because if you go at kind of peak winter months it's going to be super packed and we've done that. So there are, it's just like trailers l- like lined oh, wow. up across the whole road. And then we, we usually would always go to lot four because they're, they're divided into individual lots. But if it's a really popular weekend, that would fill up. So there'd be times where we get kind of shitty spots on, on camping. But if you go and like, you know, when it's starting to get to the spring or like right before, you know, right before it starts getting hot, that's usually the time to go. Cause then you'll have a lot more, to pick from it'll be less crowded
1: sure i feel that uh here we go third one to the bottom baby we're almost done with these cool facts i know you can barely stand the fact that we're almost done too i know i
0: really want more
1: (laughs) i you you get three more so count count your chickens ready uh as they are the largest dune ecosystem in the u.s there are many species which are endemic which is a new word that I learned as well, as well as erg. Endemic meaning specific to a region or biome. So it's very particular to that biome specifically. Uh, There are many species which are endemic. So the region overall is biologically unique on a global scale. There are four types of scarab beetles, two types of spider wasp, two types of sand wasp, a specific type of robber fly, and a specific type of weevil that are endemic to that area specifically.
0: What a shitty bunch. It sounds like <laughs> two of them are like types of wasps. Yes. Yeah. Oh, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. It sounds like it was, uh, wasps and flies
1: and weevils. <laughs> What's the a big weevil? three. I don't know, but it's like this little like stick guy, and I'm very scared about what it can do. <laughs> so, did you have like bad experiences with the wildlife in this area?
0: Um. I or was it largely seen some unaffected? scarabs. Um, but we would really do some fucked up things to bugs as kids
1: <laughs> oh Jesus, you play uh do tell
0: we would, well we would travel we would travel to Rocky Point in Mexico a lot too, and okay. there's specific like big black beetles um that live on the beach there, and so, as fucked up of kids as we were, you know the the one thing that's also great about Mexico when you're a kid is you can go and buy fireworks right. Just, and they're the real thing. They're not like, yeah. you know, the firework stand that's just like got sparklers and stuff. So we yeah, get like little you. M80s. Nice. Okay. Cool. And Good start. we would flip the beetle on its back so it couldn't flip over. And we just rest the M80 on the side ah. of the beetle and we just oh. blow it up.
1: <laughs> just walk away like a fucking coward and watch that thing die. <laughs> So fucked. Yeah, you fucked. continue that to this day, though, right? That's something you still look forward That's to. That's something
0: that I year. can't shake. You know, once you <laughs> hit that, once you hit that addiction <laughs> and that thrill, you really can't. You really can't That's get rid of it.
1: Some part of your brain unlocked where you're like, "Yeah, this is a lifelong activity now." Yeah, this is big for me. Uh, the average high temperature in July in Imperial County, California, one hundred and seven degrees Fahrenheit. That is. Um, like don't even bother going outside. Like like temperature to me, uh, with a yearly average temperature of eighty eight degrees Fahrenheit. So on average, that is too hot for me personally. <laughs> eighty eight degrees, but in July, an average of one o seven. You got me so fucked up with that number. Have you ever been to Dude. Arizona? <laughs> Uh, one time, to- well, when I was really little, uh, I went to Arizona cause my mom, uh, her grandmother had moved to Arizona, like when she was like, got to old age or whatever. But then the only other time that I've knowingly been was to visit my mom for the very brief year that she lived in, um, mm. Prescott, Arizona, which as you know, is Northern Arizona up near the mountains. Yeah, it was January.
0: Oh, yeah, it's pretty cold then when you went.
1: It was snowing and there was snow on the ground going up a mountain. So that was I was in for another little like That's weather. One thing surprise. that people don't
0: realize about Arizona too is like there's <laughs> parts of Arizona where it's very high into the mountains and then it snows. And they're like, oh it's I thought it was you know. But why I bring it up is like one oh seven is probably a healthy average for Arizona. It's oh, usually man. it's usually above hundred and ten degrees. And sometimes so there've been times where like I've looked at my car. Thermometer is just 120. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing here?
1: (laughs) Why do people live here? That's so messed up. Yeah. Dude, I've heard my dad told me once that people, if you leave your windows rolled up in that heat, there's a chance you could come out and your windows will be shattered, like exploded. Have you ever seen that happen?
0: Yeah, there's actually a BuzzFeed article about (laughs) fucked up photos from Arizona. And there's like this one photo of that with the windows Smashed, and then there's one photo of a blue recycle can that is just melted into itself oh, because of how God. hot it is. Jesus, dude! Every time, like, because I didn't have a like a place to park, so I'd always have to park outside. And there'd be times where I'd go to my car, and it'd be so hot. Like, if you accidentally touch the metal part of your seatbelt, you're getting like a degree of burn somehow. God. And Sucks. like I could like put it on and I could literally iron my shirt with the seatbelt of how hot it
1: was. Jesus Christ, dude. That's so scary. That is yeah. scary, dude. Do you ever get seriously like messed up doing that?
0: Um, No, you get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but like as soon as I left, like I left like after the first year of college, I came back. I'm like, why the fuck do you guys live here? I was like yeah. I was, it, all the like resistance or like uh, that i built up for living there for 19 years prior to that, just went away. I went, and I'm like, this is the hottest fucking place in the fucking world. I don't know why you guys live here.
1: I was. It was the same for me, but with the cold and the rain. I was literally, it was like, you know, going back up to Portland or whatever in the middle of, you know, December, rain, 35 degrees outside, and I'm like, you guys are so stupid for living here. You guys are such idiots. My loving family, you are idiots for living here. So... Uh, With you on that one, I got one more fast, cool fact for you, uh, and then we're going to get into the fun second part of the show. Are you ready? Yeah. The Dunes were used to film parts of the movies, Road to Morocco, Flight of the Phoenix, Tobruk, which I know is your favorite movie, Alex, uh, Stargate, Resident Evil Extinction, and the Tatooine scenes in Return of the Jedi. So quite literally Star Wars, when you were talking about it earlier, that's not an exaggeration.
0: I don't know if you've seen Spaceballs. Are you familiar I have. With that? Oh yes. Uh, in the bit where what's they're combing the, the desert, yeah. In fact yeah, comb yeah. like, the desert, and then they cut, and there's a giant comb running through. It. I'm pretty sure that's the sand dunes too. Of them just dragging that's... that giant brush down the thing.
1: I we actually talked about that. Uh, thank you for the segue. We talked about that on my other podcast, Alex. It's on the list. Talked about that on uh, the episode. I think we talked about the album I "Every Eye Open" or "I Every Open" or whatever the name of that album is by Churches. And uh, we talked about space balls on that same episode. so oh, nice. So, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, but that's it. That's all I got as far as cool facts are concerned. Alex, we'll do cool. the last. P- oh, hey, Those were awesome. <laughs> those were very sick. Uh, we're going to do the second part of the show now. And we're, this is called Alex Goes to Glamis, the second part of this show. It's <laughs> called Alex Goes to Glamis. Let's pretend that someone is asking you. They're going to go to Glamis Sand Dunes as well. And you're basically trying to help them have the best experience that you can, sharing parts of your own experience going there, giving them the best advice that you can. Uh, My first question for you is, what time of year are we typically going to Glamis? What is the optimal time of year to visit?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I think I mentioned it, but it's, uh, I think the best time is to go, like, February like kind of when the season has died down a bit because as soon as it hits you know winter time people just start going so it's best not to go early winter or like into December and stuff especially around the holidays sure Um, but yeah I'd say February around that time would be probably the best best time to go
1: all right and then as far as how we are getting there we're driving right you got to drive in with your dune buggies and stuff like that right
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: Okay, and what are we doing on the way to the uh, to the uh, to the Glamis sand dudes? What did you and your sister typically do, or you and your family do, like on the road? How long were you in the car for? What were some of those fave activities on the road?
0: Um, so this is a must. You have to get uh, Pokemon Yellow for Game Boy okay. with a Game Sick. Boy color, and you got to get that that screen light. <laughs> you know, the one that attaches to the Game Boy, so you can see it when it's in the. When it's in the dark. Hell yes. Uh, Okay, That was was (laughs) my big pastime. Uh, And I really just was antisocial, did not talk to my sister. (laughs) I was like, shut up, I'm playing Pokemon. Pokemon
1: Yellow was just Pokemon Red and Blue, but for Game Boy Color, right?
0: No, Pokemon Yellow, it has both of those combined, but you have to catch a Pikachu. And Pikachu is always behind you the whole journey. So you always have Pikachu with you. Um and yeah.
1: Were you a big Pokemon guy? Because I did an episode about Pokemon. We talked about some big some big games that my guest wanted to talk about. What was Pokemon for you growing up? Was it big?
0: Yeah, Pokemon was huge. I remember uh well when I got my when I asked for Game Boy Color for Christmas, my mom had uh didn't realize how popular they would be, so she waited a little bit and then saw that they were completely out of stock. So she found, I think, someone on Craigslist or something, and she went to this sketchy ap- apartment in, like, downtown Phoenix. Damn. And, like, went up and just had to, like, knock on this guy's... It's just my mom. Like, why don't you at least bring dad with you or something? <laughs> Jesus. And then, like, she knocked on this guy's door and bought it for, like, higher than the price that it originally cost. <laughs> she's, a- she's a great mom and a great person, and I do appreciate it, because the Game Boy Color was really life-changing. But then my grandma, <laughs> my-, my grandma Margaret, um, she would always buy uh me and my cousins the same gift one one time we got a pogo stick we all got different colors of pogo sticks but the best (laughs) but the best gift i ever got was we all got a version of pokemon yellow nice and immediately we just started competing with each other to see who could like get the farthest the fastest fastest.
1: (laughs) that is so good
0: um yeah i love the pokemon games especially on game boy
1: uh, so now we're here. Okay, shut up about Pokemon. So now, <laughs> so now we're at Glamis. We've finally gotten there. We've been playing Pokemon Yellow, not talking to anyone in our immediate family who we love very much. <laughs> and we're there. Uh, what are we doing as far as off-roading are concerned? What are the must-ride vehicles? Where are we going as far as the actual dunes themselves? What's the best off-roading experience that you can talk to
0: someone about? So there's two approaches i guess if you're okay. someone that just wants to hang out but still experience what's going on you're going to want to be on a dune buggy because there's one driver sure. but there's up to four seats so you can be a spectator but you don't have to like worry about crashing and all that but if you're looking for a more individual approach you're going to want to do a quad because that's like cool. just you and those are pretty easy to maneuver like they're not big like dune buggies so they're pretty small and the learning, the learning curve isn't like that That hard, I feel like.
1: Okay. And then as far as the actual dunes themselves, are there, like, specific areas that we got to hit, like, specifically? Like, what are the must-see areas or must-do areas within the dunes?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So there are a couple, like, event areas that are not, like, organized by anyone, but it's just part of the culture of the dunes that have developed. The first... I mean, it's, like, kind of the general store. It's, like, kind of just a bunch of trailers that are selling, like, whips and helmets and goggles that you kind of go to hang out. And they have, like, a restaurant and an ice cream, like, truck there. So you can go and... um, That was another thing about the the Dunes is that there is constantly an ice cream truck that drives around all the camps.
1: Oh, wow. And you
0: could, like... That was, like, another piece of excitement being a kid. You just hear it and you're, like, yeah... (laughs) <laughs> um, you're just like fuck yeah
1: <laughs> yes dude we know there's gonna be ice cream in my future because i can hear hearing the ice cream truck when you're a kid it's crazy because it like literally does appear in the wild you know what i mean like yeah. there's you have no control over seeing it it just has to come into your neighborhood and you're like that's it i'm getting the worst ice cream i've ever <laughs> had in my entire life because i hear that siren coming you know
0: yeah i didn't really have it either in like my neighborhood neighborhood so it's always like very specific to the sand dunes for me
1: um okay nice
0: but so what yeah, were but you,
1: what was what was your big what was your big order from the ice cream truck were you a choco taco guy push pop spongebob pop okay skull yeah with the gumball heard, eyes yeah i've heard that one is kind of gnarly actually i've <laughs> heard that gnarly, one is kind yeah, of bad
0: yeah. <laughs> or i get sonic it would be between that or sonic sonic head <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've heard that one is equally as gnarly (laughs) and bad. I like 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 really (laughs)
0: sour and, like, fucked up shit in my mouth. (laughs) Oh, it's actually
1: perfect for you if you want something that tastes Uh. like fucking garbage and is, like, (laughs) shaped like a character that you like. It's actually perfect for you. Um, Okay, what are some other must-see areas of the dunes?
0: So So, after that, you got Oldsmobile, which is the name of a massive hill that that goes like straight up and it's like one of the longest hills in the whole dunes oh wow and people will race up it so they'll like they'll form a big line and there'll be like a pole group that's just hanging out watching people do this but then you go and you just like rev it to and some people don't even make it all the way up they have to like turn around and go down i remember as a kid that was like a big accomplishment was when i could finally most of the time it would just be the, the the Like, if I didn't have a big enough quad, it wouldn't have the horsepower to go up. But I eventually aligned where I had the skill matched with, like, a big enough quad, where I just, like, was able to make it up there the first time. Hell yeah. Um, And that was great. So that's also a must-see. It's a pretty far ride out from camp, but definitely worth it. Um, And then you have the sand drags, which is basically, like, drag racing. It's on a flat part of the dunes, and you have this uh, people lined up to basically form what the track is so you have like everyone in their doom buggies and stuff watching this like all the way down and people would just like go as fast as they can (laughs) in whatever they were riding and like it didn't matter if you were doing a quad like a, a quad can go up against a doom buggy it's just a constant cycle it's like when somebody else finishes like next person comes up and you like form another line and you just race Um, and it's so loud. It's like loud as shit. It's so loud. Like people are trying to talk to each other, like hanging out, like on the sidelines, but you can't like, as soon as the race starts, you can't hear shit. It's awesome. It's Um, awesome.
1: It's cool that it seems like all the culture of this place is like, I don't want to say nomadic, but like, it's like, like through generations of people going, it's like, okay, here's what we do here. And it's like self governed in like a very specific way that like a lot of places you go to, it's like, okay, there's very specific rules. This closes at this time. You have to be, you know, out of here by a specific time, but here it just really kind of feels open and free in a way that a lot of places aren't. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's like the wild west where people like, you know, just kind of make up their own games or make up their own, you know, races and stuff. A literal
1: sandbox, if you will. (laughs) 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 Okay, cool. Very next question that I will just move on to like that. You should
0: pitch that as the slogan. Glamis, a literal sandbox.
1: Glamis, it's kind of like playing in a literal sandbox. Yeah, very funny and cool. I think people are going to love that. Um, What are some big mistakes that you often see people make or some things that you definitely would recommend first-timers or novices not doing that a lot of people do?
0: Not having a whip is like one of the the biggest cardinal sins. If you are riding something that doesn't have a flag, I guarantee you, you will like instantly get bitched out by someone just being like, are you, do you want to die? Cause when you're going over a sand dune, there's no way of knowing you're coming up unless you see the flag poking up. So sure. people could be coming over the other side. So yeah, people like I, I've seen people in my group, like chew people out for not having it. Um, yeah. It's a safety hazard at the end of the day. Yeah. So that, appropriate padding helmet safety goggles are a must um like you definitely need goggles i mean you definitely need a helmet of course and like pads and stuff uh but the goggles are like essential because when you're riding a dune bug you think like oh i don't really need to wear like i'm strapped in pretty good but if you don't have goggles like they're just gonna get sand in your eyes like there'll be just sand sprayed up into your face you'll be like i fucking hate this um (laughs) (laughs) yeah but
1: Just kind of hearing you talk about it makes me go, man, I fucking hate this, let alone let alone being in a dune buggy, not having goggles on, being like, hmm, this is the literal worst day of my entire life because there's sand inside my body now in a very bad way. Yeah, and it never um, comes out. Yeah, it never. It's like it's like that. It's like the uh, the legend of the watermelon seed or the apple seed. <clears throat> when you're a kid, if you like eat it, it like grows a watermelon in your stomach or whatever.
0: Yeah, you're just gonna have a sand dune in your stomach for the rest of your <laughs> time.
1: It's Kind of cool. And then you can charge people uh, like an admission fee to come in and do the sand dunes in your stomach. Kind of sick. Kids trucking
0: down to crawl into your body and do their own sand dunes.
1: <laughs> Honey, I shrunk some guys, and <laughs> now they're in
0: my stomach doing sand
1: dune shit.
0: Uh, <laughs> Uh, any other
1: must not do's, some don't do's of Glamis that you can offer up?
0: Always bring water. Don't don't go out without water. Or yeah, like you'll get fucked.
1: <laughs> well, I love that. That is the that is the classic slogan that you hear all throughout Glamis is don't go out without water. You'll get fucked. You'll get fucked. Um, well, is there anything else that you want to particularly say about the area that itself or your experience there? Because I only have two other questions. For you, I guess, about your experience. I feel like we've talked a good amount about it. Is there anything I didn't touch on that you want to make sure is said?
0: No, I think the last point I wanted to talk about was the must-sees, which also the canal is a must-see. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just you might don't hit it, it too hard. It. <laughs> don't hit it too hard, but yeah, uh, canal a, a lot of fun. There was actually another thing I wanted to talk about, which is really yeah. fun, like specific game. To yeah. I feel like that my group did was we all we had the big all-terrain vehicles but then we all each like group had their own golf cart which is like nice you know so you won't be getting through the crazy sand but like i said on the canal side or on the like side that has the canal it's a lot more back country a lot more like you can take smaller vehicles through it so we used to play this game where we get everyone would get on their golf cart and they go and drive out right next to the canal and one person would be it And the rest of the golf carts would turn off their headlights and they'd hide so that the person with the, um, with the headlights on would just like look around and go and like try to see around bushes and stuff and see where people were hiding. So it's like hide and seek with golf carts. Um, and each golf cart would probably have like three or four people. So it was, it was super imperative that everyone had to stay completely silent. Like if anyone started laughing or whatever, it'd be a dead giveaway. Yeah. I remember a lot of fun memories, uh, doing that at night there.
1: Is that, is that mainly a cousin activity, or was that a whole group activity? That was a whole group. On that? Damn, yeah. nice. Very fun. What were the team divisions usually
0: on that one? It was usually by uh, immediate family. So, like, my immediate family would be on a golfer, um, my uncle's family, and then everyone like everyone else basically would.
1: Who's Who the was usually the, uh, the reigning champ of that game, or did it differ? It was a pretty even
0: split. It was pretty close between my dad and my uncle. I think they were pretty, you know – Half and half on who would do it and stuff. Also, like, my dad had a bright yellow golf cart, and my uncle had oh. a black one. So he would be a better hider. Sure. Um, but, yeah.
1: It's a fun game. You and I are going to do that when the, yeah. the pandemic is sound over. so
0: excited to go there from everything <laughs> you have with. I can't wait for you to see it all.
1: Yeah, it will be a really bad time for me in the moment, but I think that it's going to be really. Im- it's kind of what it's like we were saying. Sometimes things suck, and you bond with that person yeah, yeah. over how bad the thing is that sucks. So for me, it's one of those things. For you, it's one of your greatest, most treasured memories of yeah. your entire life. I'll just be so. laughing
0: at you while you cry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> while I eat literal shit. Um, not literal shit, but sand. Um, so <laughs> last two questions for you, Alex. Is what does it feel like to leave the dunes at the end of a uh, at the end of a trip there? What did it feel like to know? Okay, we're heading back home now. Like, what does that feel like?
0: Uh, this might be a, like specific to me. I'm I'm sure other people feel this, but uh, I get the feeling when I've like spent my time somewhere, when it's like when we're heading back, I feel kind of a sense of relief because I'm like sure. returning to home. And I am, like, very much a homebody. Like, I love going on trips, but um, there's always this sigh of relief. Of like, oh, we're finally going back to, you know, home, stuff like that. Right. Um, so that's how I usually felt about it. Like, most of the places I've, I've gone, I've kind of felt relief. And some trips were just too long, like, for sure. some of the places. So I was just like, it's time to, be, it's time to go. Um, but there have been, there have been times of, at Glamis specifically where, you know, I wouldn't want to go. But I think for the majority right. of the time, I would kind of feel this sense of relief going back home.
1: That makes sense. It's 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 kind of interesting with, like, travel. There's a real sweet spot of, like, how long is the perfect time to go on a trip. I remember after I graduated from college, me and, like, seven other guys, we went to Vegas. And we were there for three days. And when I thought about it, I'm like, damn, is that even really enough time to, like – enjoy vegas and like do vegas and then by the end of the second day i was like fuck this shit i am so ready to go vegas home.
0: especially <laughs> fucks you up yeah like it's just like always a marathon and like that's how i feel every time like i don't even want to go back anywhere in the future but every time i go i'm just like yeah it's at like the two-day mark we are like okay i've seen it i've done it <laughs> i've experienced this i don't need to fucking be here anymore
1: I remember my. uh, I was telling my parents, like, yeah, me and, like, seven dudes, or we're going to, like, split two hotel rooms at, like, Mandalay Bay or whatever it is. It's fucking hot. It's super. Well, we went at, like, end of May, like, right after we graduated. Oh, yeah. It was super sexy. It was awesome. We were fluids all over the place. Um, Hell, yeah. yeah, It was awesome. I hope my mom listens to this episode specifically, because she does listen to the show, so I hope she hears me say there are a lot of fluids in the room. Um, But I I remember I was. What's up? I said, hi, his mom. Hi, his mom. Uh, Thanks, mom. Uh, (laughs) And so I remember I was like, yeah, we're going to do it. It's going to be fun and everything. And they were like, both parents independently of each other were like, no matter how tempting it looks, do not walk up and down the strip longer than you have to. And I was like, okay, why? And they're like, everything is huge. So it looks like everything's way closer than it actually is just because of like how big and giant everything is there. And I'm like, okay, that actually is, like, good advice. Like, yeah, like, don't just fucking walk up and down the strip to, like, kill time or whatever. And sure as shit, we get there, and the first thing everyone in my group, because we got, like, four of us got there before the other four went in a different car, and we're like, I guess we'll just walk up and down the strip for, like, two hours. And I'm like, you guys are so stupid for that. Like, I literally was like, we should not do that. We should gamble. We should, you know, fuck around in the casino, maybe. But like
0: the air-conditioned casino.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, it's fucked. But... I do hear you. There is a bit of relief of, like, okay, this, like, thing that I set out to do that's, like, not part of my daily life, it's over, and I'm heading back to, like, this, like, nice, like, safer area, but it's, like, I can't wait to go out and do that again. I totally get the relief feeling that you're talking about. And then my last question for you is, when you do go back next, what are you most excited to do when you go back?
0: Hmm. I think it depends if I'm going back with, like, a group group. I think, essentially, I would, like, I, in this scenario, I'll imagine that that's happening, but sure. Um, I think just riding, like, I haven't ridden a quad or a dirt bike in such a long time that I'm just, like, I kind of miss that whole experience of just, like, going through a desert with nothing around you, sure. and just, like, kind of meditative in a way, except for the loud fucking engine, <laughs> but, but <laughs> yeah. it's some it becomes white noise to a sense, and then you're kind of, you know going through it. I also miss seeing the dead bodies. Would <laughs> be probably the first thing I want to see.
1: Yeah, that actually makes sense now that you say it out loud. I wasn't putting the th- I wasn't putting the dots together before, but now that you say it, yeah, seeing the dead bodies would be cool.
0: I also want to check out some of those wasp species. <laughs> Like, that would be a really good experience for me.
1: Here's what I'll do. I'll print out my fast facts and mail it to you so well, you have a physical copy.
0: Please mail them and do not send them electronically.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely make sure to oh, – hey, Let's uh, exchange addresses at the end of this so we're, we're all good. Uh, Alex, that's all the questions I have for you. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about the sand dunes before we wrap this puppy, pup,
0: wrap this puppy up? Wrap this puppy like a nice Christmas present. Um, oh, yeah. What do I have left to say? Um, I feel like you said
1: a lot. So if there's nothing, that's fine. I just want to make sure you got, it, got a chance to say it.
0: I'm just going to cement this in everyone's brains. Glamorous sand dunes. It's like playing in a literal sandbox.
1: <laughs> yeah, written by Noah Marger, actually. Noah was the one who wrote that. So yeah. if you think that's funny... I well, just
0: give you, you the delivery. I'm the delivery man. You're like a writer from... <laughs>
1: Well, here's the thing. If you like it, if you like, it's like playing in a little sandbox. I wrote it, and if you didn't like it, Alex is the one who came up with it. Boom. So, yeah, love that.
0: It'll be sure it's coming out on the Redbubble merch store for my for favorite podcast. podcast.
1: Yeah, it'll be that, and then me me saying it's time for Noe's question. And just you can get both as a, as a literal pair. That would be, that would very be cool. great. Yeah,
0: because the Glamis one is not going to sell. So you might as well <laughs> you might as well pair them together.
1: Yeah, that makes sense, Alex. You finally got to be on the show. You're the fifth and final person from the Everything Now crew to do the show. I have completed that list, and I'm so glad that you were the last person because this was beautiful for me.
0: Thank you for having mm. me. This has been great.
1: Well, now, okay, I almost believed you when you said that. Ah, uh, so now this was great. I am. I have shingles. I'm thrown off my, you know, that's right. Off my face. It's right, you, ladies and gentlemen, from from where I stand. Alex had shingles during this. This is like watching a masterful
0: pitching performance. Some guy oh, man, had to I'm go sure out there. I'm show my rash real quick, but none of you guys.
1: <laughs> no, God. Ah!
0: <laughs> that is so evil. That sucks, dude. I'm lucky because it's way smaller, apparently, my doctor says It's like, it could be wrapped around your entire back. And I'm like, well, I'm glad that's not happening. It's literally one of the worst ways that we could have ended this
1: program. And we,
0: <laughs> we did it that way. You take back your thanks, and you're so glad you had me.
1: Yeah, I do. Um, But this is the time where you get to plug anything you want to plug. So if you have something to plug, do it now.
0: Plugs. Um, Yeah. Uh, Everything Now Show is currently on hiatus, but we're hoping to get back soon. Um, So check out Everything Now Show. Uh, Noah will be on it in the future at some point when we can all safely return. Um, Check that out. Twitch.tv slash Everything Now Show. It's a live – I'm sure you've heard about it. It's a live stream interactive comedy show uh we do a bunch of fucked up shit um you can always you can also follow me on my new twitter since my other twitter got banned for some for some for no reason somehow um that i've had for like eight years no big deal uh but i started a new one uh and it's just at uh Allsup alex um but, yeah, I don't really post that often. <laughs> but <laughs> he if you also follow doesn't him, maybe if I get some more followers, yeah, I'll start giving you guys the good stuff.
1: He doesn't post very often. He also doesn't like the host of this podcast tweets very often <laughs> either. So there's that as well. It's kind of the double whammy in a lot of ways. But
0: I feel like when I when you get the like, you're like, oh, hell, yeah. Like, he actually liked this one. Because I don't bullshit around. I'm not, like, going down liking all your tweets, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, hey, yeah, I that's get
0: why, it. That's I, why I, I choose to only like two of your tweets overall the ones you've ever <laughs> tweeted <laughs>
1: yeah it's very cool and i actually deleted all of my tweets prior to january like 3rd 2021 um so i like started fresh for like the new year or whatever you didn't so want to p- get canceled uh well we can have that conversation we can have that conversation <laughs> offline
0: uh but that's yeah, a good basically. idea yeah. i think that's that everyone should do that every year or like archive I, them or something but like nobody yeah. should have their their like Twitter thoughts from when they were like in sophomore in high school. Like that never exactly. ends well.
1: No, exactly. That's like why I did it because I was like, damn, I don't want something that I said that was cool either at the time or like I thought was cool at the time to say to like come back and bite me in the ass when I literally didn't wasn't even trying to be edgy at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so it's that's also why your, I did it. it's
0: also posted on like the crucifixion app. <laughs> like that is the <laughs> biggest like Let's fucking go cancel this person real quick. Is that an app?
1: A crucifixion? Is that a real thing? No,
0: it's called, I was referring to Twitter.
1: Oh, yes. Okay, yes. As, I understand, as right? as you're understand what you're saying. the app. Yes, you're 100% right. I might not even be on that website for very much longer, but we'll see. Uh, it's an empty threat probably, though. But um, you can also follow this show on Twitter and Instagram, at MyFaithPod on Twitter, at my Favorite underscore podcast on Instagram. You can listen to my other podcast. It's on the list with Noah and Mason where we talk about underrated movies and albums. This week, we'll be talking about an Eastern Westerner starring Harold Lloyd, the short silent film from 1920, Loaded by the Wood Brothers, and Ride in the Whirlwind, starring Jack Nicholson, directed by Monty Hellman. You can follow that show on Twitter and Instagram as well, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts, including SoundCloud. And you can listen, or not listen, but you can watch your local government comedy on Instagram at ylg.world, that's dot with a period, and on YouTube, Your Local yourlocalgovernment.com. Comedy on YouTube. All links to everything I just said will be in the description as well as everything Alex just said. So check out the show description for that. Alex, sup you did it. You did the show. You pitched with shingles and you struck out like 19 batters and gave up like no hits. Maybe one tiny little bloop hit, but we're not even going to think about that because it was that random. Hell of an inning. there's <laughs> Just one 19 amazing inning. 19 strikeouts amazing but this is the part of the show where we say goodbye so you can help me say goodbye to
0: everyone yeah do we say it at the same time
1: just yeah ready yeah 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 we always do that okay, we always cool. say it yeah, at the same time on go ready three two one go hey see bye. you later
0: <laughs> okay bye we should guys try it again
1: <laughs> all right Nope. bye-bye <laughs> <laughs> thanks noah uh,